Just gonna run this dog to see if we can find any type of uh, human remains that are left. Listen to Where Secrets Go to Die, The Disappearance of Derek Hennigan. From the Detroit Free Press, a new podcast set in the woods of Michigan's Upper Peninsula. Available on Apple, Spotify, Freep.com, or wherever you get your podcasts. Get ready to get blitzed on the Blitz Podcast at TheHuddle.com with your host Steve Gallo and Harley Schultz. Welcome back to the Saxonville Blitz Podcast. I'm your host, Steve Gallo, and as always, I'm joined by my man, partner in crime, Harley Schultz. Harley, how you doing, man? You know, as always, I'm doing pretty darn good. Uh, Got a a busy, busy week up here in Minnesota last week, but uh, most of that revolved around me drinking a lot of beer. Nothing wrong with that. I I wonder if our listeners caught me put in the... um, Saxonville, I believe it was Adam Kaplan that I saw tweet that out with regards to the Jacksonville Jaguars calling them Saxonville. Um, first and only team ever in NFL history to record 10 or more sacks in, I think, their first seven games in a season or something along those lines. It's a nasty defense. That's pretty impressive. Although, how much of that can we give credit to Jacksonville's defense and how much should we uh, give credit to Indianapolis's offensive line and uh, the once mobile Jacoby Brissett. That's kind of like what came first, the chicken or the egg. Exactly. And, and for that matter, what happened to Brissett there? I mean, was it just this sheer amount of damage he took that led to him not being able to get away from it after a while? You know, the whole that's, that game aside, it wasn't the best offensive weeks for football um, that we've well, seen. Lot, lots of no scores and very low scores. Yeah, well, three teams got shut out, right? Isn't that what it was? Yep. Yeah, that's crazy. So I'll tell you what, there's some stuff that I've got, maybe an interesting, maybe it won't be interesting, maybe it's only interesting to me, little tidbits that we'll talk about later. But what we're going to do, of course, like normal, we'll hit DFS, then we're going to go into, and we'll talk about the buys, because we've got like 16 teams on a buy this week. Um, But before we could do that, of course, I've got to throw it over to my man Harley Schultz for this week's Blitz Podcast News. Thank you, Steve. Following a groin injury by Dan Bailey, Dallas turned to safety Jeff Heath to handle extra points and kickoff duties this past Sunday. It is now clear that Bailey will miss some time, so the Cowboys invited Young Ho Koo in for a tryout. Now, I don't know about you, but personally, I feel more confident when Heath was kicking for them than if Young Ho Koo was kicking for them. Carson Palmer sustained an arm injury this weekend that is likely to end his season, if not his career. If he does hang him up, Palmer would leap behind a playing career that spanned 15 years and over 300 total touchdowns. Or roughly 15 years and 300 total touchdowns more than his fellow quarterback brother, Jordan Palmer. Another veteran quarterback, Jay Cutler, sustained broken ribs in the Dolphins' victory over the Jets. 
Matt Moore replaced Cutler and arguably outperformed him. Following the game, Adam Gase made it clear that when Cutler was ready to return, the job would be his. Of course, following this comment, Miami's front office made it clear that when Cutler was ready to return to the job, Adam Gase's job might not be his anymore. <laughs> In related news, the NFL issued a formal response to the Dolphins, stating that they are in fact not allowed to trade Jay Cutler to the CBS sports team for Tony Romo. <laughs> and finally, Martavis Bryant continued to push for his elimination from the Steelers roster by throwing teammate Juju Smith-Schuster under the bus on Twitter when someone suggested that Smith-Schuster was the better player. To make matters worse, Bryant then skipped a mandatory team meeting Monday morning. The Steelers have not disciplined him for missing the meeting yet, but President Donald Trump gave him two thumbs-up emojis on Twitter for his professional social media presence. This has been your BPN News Update. God, we don't get political here, but that was that was perfect. That was actually pretty good. That really was. So um, I'll apologize if I seem a little distracted tonight. I'm trying to keep one and a half eyes on the Eagles-Washington game in the background. Um, I'll be honest with you, I don't feel good about this game from an Eagles perspective. So I don't know why. Just They're down 3 nothing right now. I just have a bad feeling that they're going to wind up giving one away to Washington. Well, no. So this brings up an interesting uh, thing for us to discuss here. Maybe we can talk about it from a fancy standpoint. I have made a decision going into tonight's game in one of my dynasty league teams, uh, where record is the first thing that gets you into the playoffs. But after record, uh, the the first three teams based on record get in, and then fourth, fifth, and sixth get in based on all play record or total points scored. So now going into tonight's game. I was exactly one half point up on my opponent. And I have Carson Wentz going tonight. He has no one else left to go. I had the option to put Deshaun Watson into my lineup, who is on by this week, securing the victory for tonight, but potentially not getting me more points. By putting Wentz into the lineup, I take the risk that he could conceivably end up with negative points, thus costing me the victory in, in return. So how do you feel about teams intentionally benching players on Monday Night Football to either uh, avoid a loss or to secure a win? Here's what I say. I say be careful what you wish for. Because in those close games where you think, okay, I'm going to take a sure win, let's not forget the NFL – adjust stats later in the week and most leagues at least if they're worth anything should allow those stat corrections to take place <coughs> so a loss of 10 rushing yards here 15 rushing yards there some a catch and it's turned into a rush instead of a pass catch because it was you know a lateral type thing you know say that you have a guy that caught one pass for 22 yards that's a 3.2 points in a ppr league that could be enough to actually give you the loss where you could have had it secured had you played Wentz. Now, what are the odds that a quarterback not named Jay Cutler or Andy Dalton are going to get you negative points? Well, as we say that, I'm looking up and Carson Wentz just got me negative five points. A negative point five points. So now I'm officially tied in that game. <laughs> well, he should get points for a punt on that. I, I think he probably deserves to. Of course, uh, 
Uh, I mean, that pass was about as effective as uh, the kicking by the Dallas Cowboys after Bailey got hurt. Well, I'm going to be honest with you. I mean, that's that ball's around. I didn't catch it because I looked just up when you said that, but it looks like it's around midfield. They would have had the punted from the very back of the end zone with less than five, with less than 15 yards from the line of scrimmage, right? Yeah, but you know what? We've seen some pretty interesting play calls uh, this weekend, particularly in last night's game between Atlanta and New England, where, uh, I, you know, I, I don't know if Atlanta just is still hung over from the Super Bowl or if they just didn't come in with a good game plan okay. or uh, but by midway through the game, it just seemed like they didn't want to be there. Well, I got a question for you. I'll, I'll, I'll give you your hangover theory or statement. But what does that do for Sark? For Sark? He wasn't there. He, he doesn't have anything to be hung over on. He's the brainiac that called the jet sweep on fourth and goal from the 10-inch line. Well, that was one of the most ridiculous plays I've ever seen. And I've been playing fantasy football since the early 1990s. And during that time frame, I've seen lots and lots of questionable decisions and, and coaches vulturing touchdowns with players that are not – that are on anyone's roster or guys who were not even in the league the following week. But what was that? I mean, come on. Uh, I mean, yes, Taylor Gabriel. I I actually played Taylor Gabriel in a couple of daily fantasy leagues this week. So when I saw him get the carry, I thought, well, maybe I'll get a touchdown out of it. Then I realized what's like, it's fourth down. (laughs) If they don't make it, they turn the ball over. You you know what? Probably one of the most controversial offensive play calls in recent memory, and by recent memory, I'll go back say the last twenty years, and I'm I'm sure there's probably more. But do you remember when Belichick went for it on fourth down? I want to say on his side of the field against the Peyton Manning led Colts on a pass to Wes Welker, I believe it was on fourth down, and they didn't get it. Mm-hmm. And everybody's well. Like, again, when you think about that, I mean, I think that they were employing the same strategy that maybe the the Falcons were employing last night was we just don't want to give the ball back to. That was exactly what he, he didn't want to do. But at the time, people couldn't understand that. But last night's was even worse. Last night's well, was too cute for a team that didn't have the ability to be cute. It's interesting that uh, that people don't understand this more often because uh, obviously in, in this day and age, we're on the 26th edition of Madden uh, for the various uh, entertainment systems out there, Xbox, PlayStation, whatever, what have you. And uh, for anyone that grew up playing Madden, we all know that we never punt on fourth down. (laughs) That is true. That is true. Well, I'm going to tell you what. We're not going to punt. We're going to get right into DFS. How's that? You know what? Sometimes I will punt at DFS. Okay. Not this week, though, right? Not this week. Okay. Start us off. What are we doing at quarterback? At quarterback, I am going to pay up for a guy we're watching right now, and that's Carson Wentz versus San Francisco. At 7,200 on DraftKings, 7,900 on FanDuel. Over the last five weeks, San Francisco is allowing 306 passing yards per game, and they have allowed a total of 11 quarterback touchdowns during that span. Uh, My grade school math suggests to me that's a little over two per game. And it's a home game. Philly won't have to travel again. And that's the same exact play that I have. And just as a reminder to listeners that maybe are new and don't know this, Harley and I do not discuss our DFS plays before we get on air. Actually, we don't really discuss much, if anything, before we actually start recording so that we don't know what the other one's going to say. We know I sometimes uh, don't even discuss these things with myself. So I'm there. I know. 
So who are you gonna uh, who are you gonna pass up on? Who are you staying away from? Well, I'm gonna pass up on another quarterback from the division that these two teams are in, and that's Dak Prescott against Washington. Now, this week here, Washington's secondary is still a little bit undermanned, but there's a very, very strong chance that both Bashad Breland and Josh Norman will return next week. Uh you know, last year, Prescott threw for 244 yards per game in the two games against Washington. But in those two games, he only threw one touchdown. Now, that said, he did run two short touchdowns in. But Zeke is still active, so I think that they're going to get Zeke as many touchdowns rushing as they can before he ultimately gets suspended. So, you know what? I had three guys I was able to whittle down to two. I couldn't whittle down the one that I'm staying away from. So I'm just going to put them both out there. Cam Newton is one of them. I know that Tampa Bay's had their issues, but they're going to be at home. And I just don't – I can't trust Cam right now. I mean, did you see his play this weekend? Cam is broken. Right. And I I just (laughs) – if I'm going to play him, it's going to be when he's at home. If I'm not going to play him, it's going to be on the road. So we expected more from that Tampa defense. I think that they probably have a um, little extra incentive to get shit straight, for lack of better terminology. Um, this weekend, so I would avoid Cam. Not saying he can't have a good weekend, but it's not worth the risk. The other guy I'm going to avoid is right there with him, is David Carr. Tom David. You're going to avoid David Carr? Of I course think I'm. Houston, or I did. Of course I'm avoiding David Carr. <laughs> I'm also going to avoid his brother Derek Carr, <laughs> who has to go on the road to that same Buffalo team that just beat the Buccaneers. Um, that Buffalo defense, while they gave up what 27 points to Tampa this past weekend, they're they're for real and. I wouldn't feel good about starting Carr and his receiving cores against Buffalo this weekend. Well, you know what? I totally agree with those two plays, uh, avoiding those two. Uh, if you look at our list of rostered salaries, right below both of them is also Russell Wilson uh, at home versus Houston. I, I'm not particularly fond of that play or Deshaun Watson going into Seattle either. So you kind of have that whole middle tier there that's got some got some question marks. So, I mean, you're either really paying up for a guy like Brady yep. it or Wentz in this case, or paying down for a punt play. Yeah, and I agree. Like most of the guys up there, I just I don't like many of them. I'm not even really sold on Drew Brees, even though he's at home playing against Chicago. Just I'm Chicago not. has been decent. Yeah. So who's your value play? I had a hard time here too. Oh, you know what? There's just not a lot of not a lot of games going this week, so you really got to dig a little bit to find a good value play. I'm going to go with Andy Dalton. Uh, at home versus Indianapolis uh, is probably the best of the available lower-priced options. 5700 on DraftKings makes him a little bit more of a value than the $7,600 price tag. Usually don't see that far of a distance between the two, uh, between FanDuel and DraftKings. Five teams have thrown for more than 300 yards against Indy. You know, if Dalton's going to get going and wake, wake up his offense, it's going to happen this week. Well, that's two out of three for us. I've got Dalton as my value play also. Um, I'll add to this. I believe that the Colts have given up 27 or more points three times this year, which I believe leads the NFL. So, yeah, if there's a place that since he can try and get that offense back on track, the Colts are a good fix, and they are at home. Okay, let's slide right into the running back position. Uh, Who are you paying up for? I think I've got a good idea based on some conversation you had earlier. Yeah, I did. I made a little statement about something, and I'm paying up for Melvin Gordon. Not the best runner, not the, not a great pure runner, but where does he excel is in the passing game. And he's facing a New, New England team, which they'll be at home, 
So on the road doesn't make it a good, a great matchup in my mind. But I do think New England wins this game, and they'll need to have Gordon involved in the passing game. So I like his play. Well, you know what? He is also my pay-to-play this week. Uh, 8100 on DraftKings, 7900 on FanDuel. That never happens. FanDuel is never cheaper than DraftKings, making his value even that much better on FanDuel this week. The Patriots, as you mentioned, allow a lot of passing yards. Because of all those passing yards that are allowing to running backs, running backs are averaging 159 scrimmage yards against the Patriots this year. That is and mostly a- going to go to Melvin Gordon because it's, I mean, Austin Eckler, maybe 10 yards. Brandon Oliver hasn't been seen in three weeks. And that's including the lack of production from the running back position last night for Atlanta. Yes, definitely. So uh, Freeman had decent enough night, 12 for 72. But in the passing game, they combined him and Coleman only went three for 18. And Coleman only had one target and no catches. So, yeah, I like Gordon a lot this week. Who, who are you going to avoid this week? Well, you know, I'm going to avoid Jordan Howard at New Orleans. Uh, his price tag is 6800 and 6900 so it's still up there among the higher-end people. But when you look down uh, to the game script that's going to happen in this game, Chicago is going to fall behind early in New Orleans. New Orleans, Drew Brees is always very good at home. I don't see Chicago running the ball with Jordan Howard when they get way, way behind in this game. The back that's going to be on the field is Tariq Cohen, trying to catch the ball. You know, I'm with you, and that's one of the reasons I didn't have Howard as a payup, although he's not really that expensive. But um, I think a lot of people are going to wind up with Howard in their lineups based on what Aaron Jones did this past weekend. But you have to remember, like you said, Drew Brees is good at home. That game was on the road in Green Bay, and it was a completely different game script. So I'm with you on that. But the guy I'm avoiding, and it's probably going to come back to bite me in the ass, I'm going to avoid Zeke Elliott this week in Dallas, I mean in Washington. Um one, do we even know that he's truly, definitely going to be able to play yet? You know, uh, <laughs> I guess we don't. They're they're trying uh, uh, by hook or by crook to get some sort of way to get get him out of there before the game. But at the same time, it, it sounds like uh, they have until Thursday of this week to say he can't play for him not to be able to play. Right. So I'm taking a punt there, I guess, by saying I'm avoiding Zeke. I just don't like the salary. Coming off a huge game against San Francisco, no doubt. Uh, I think he falls back to earth, and seeing him approach almost 30 points two weeks in a row, I, I don't know that I like that. So that's what I'm passing on. Okay. Uh, I bet we have the who same are you, guy. Who are you going to save up for here? I bet we have the same guy. Maybe, possibly. I'm going to go to the well with Joe Mixon. Hey, hey there, four for six. There, There is no way he gets seven carries this week. <laughs> and it's the Colts. And... Pete, they've got it. They just maybe they should just have a drawing to allow fans to be the offensive coordinators for some of these teams. Well, I mentioned that the Patriots are allowing 159 scrimmage yards to opposing backs. Well, Indianapolis, uh, they said, "Hold my beer." <laughs> They're allowing 160 scrimmage yards to opposing running backs. Uh, they've also allowed the most running back touchdowns total, and that's 10 this year. Uh, last week, they gave up 234 combo yards to the combination of Jacksonville backs. Uh, it's just, they're not good. They're not good in the pass game. They're not good in the run game. They've got injuries throughout their defense. And if Cincinnati doesn't get Mixon involved to a big, big way this year, I'm sorry, not this year, but this week, then... It's not going to happen. I, it's not going to happen this year. And you could have just stopped, they're not good. 
You didn't have to say at and at and at. Just they're not good. All right, wide receiver. Who are you paying up for? Uh, pay up for AJ Green uh, in the same game. <laughs> broke, we broke the streak. I was wondering. I had, AJ was on my short list, but I went with somebody else. Over the last four weeks, ten different wide receivers have top sixty yards against Indy. Over four weeks, that that's more than two wide receivers per game topping sixty yards against them. Well, you know what? There's nothing wrong with picking on the Colts. That's not a bad strategy. I'm going with a guy in a matchup. Ten sacks. <laughs> God. <laughs> I'm going to go with a guy. Remember I, I say, I like, if, you, if you're ever like in a quandary, play the guy that's playing at home. There's one player in the NFL that I will usually look at twice if he's playing at home, and it'll make me pause. But when he's on the road, he's money. And I'm going with Julio Jones because, like Mixon, they don't get him much more involved. I know nine for 92 and a touchdown's not not being involved. But if he's not super involved against those Jets, something's wrong this week. Well, and again, I I originally, when I wrote this up, I had written in Julio Jones, and then I just felt so sick to my stomach based on how just intrepidly bad their offensive game plan was last night. That I mean, he had to he had to catch an emergency steal the ball away touchdown from a high point position to save his fantasy line against the worst pass defense in the league. I'm, I'm, I'm hesitant to start any Falcon until they make sense of this offense. Yeah, I get it. And I liked how he caught that ball. He was like, it was like a kid saying, that's my ball. Give it to me. Uh, (laughs) Right. I mean, yes. So, I don't know, maybe we can hope that Sark gets fired and they put somebody in there to make calls that will actually utilize their offense the way that they should. I don't know. The Jets aren't exactly a great matchup on paper, but just based on game flow, season flow, et cetera, being on the road, Julio's usually big on the road, bigger at, than he is at home. I like Julio Jones as a payup. Who are you going to stay away from? I'm staying away from Dez Bryant. That Samsung matchup looks like it could be coming to pass. Um, I know you said you were staying away from Dak, I think it was, right? Yep. So there's a very, very good chance that Josh Norman's back on the field. Now, if he's, be- if he's not back, then that changes my stance a little bit. But I'm going to proceed with the expectation that Josh Norman and Breland are both back on the field. And I think that it's going to be a tough game offensively for the Cowboys in general, not just in the passing game or the running game. Well, you know what? We hit on another one together there. You pretty much touched on all the sapient points I had, which is that Josh Norman probably will be back. And uh, unlike the commercial, he can cover Des Bryant. He's not a small little blanket. So you know, coming into tonight's game, Washington has allowed two wide receiver touchdowns all season. Yeah, and it's a, it's an NFC East battle, and those tend to be, or at least they seem to be, a lot tighter and, and lower scoring than what you would expect otherwise. So, I mean, we're what? Probably most of the way through the first quarter here, and, and it's three nothing. And it's three nothing. So I need to get some yardage from Wentz to make up for that interception there. <laughs> it, it'll, it'll come. You'll be all right. You'll be all right. I bet you're in. The I po- hope so. You'll be in the positive before we're done. Before we're done recording. All right. Who are you paying up for? Uh, well, I was paying up for AJ Green, the guy I'm gonna uh, uh, take uh, as my value play value this week. Play. Yeah, that's what I meant. Is Nelson Aguilar versus San Francisco? You know, three wide receiver groupings of top 200 receiving yards against San Francisco. They have a lot of touch, a wide receiver touchdown in every game except for one. And they're particularly getting burned 
by speed receivers, guys like Marquise Goodwin, who topped 116 yards against them uh, back in week three. So you want a guy who can get down the field fast, and I think that's Nelson Aguilar for Philadelphia. I almost feel like this is people are going to think this is lazy of us, but I have Aguilar also. No way. Yeah, I really do. I kid you not. As soon as you said Aguilar. This is what happens when we have a smaller slate of games. We end up picking a lot of the same players. That is true. The, so the only we only had three people that we did not agree on so far. We still have tight ends to go. So. That is true, and I'm sure it'll be much different there. But so far, the only thing we haven't agreed on was who we're um, staying away from at quarterback, running back, and then the pay-to-play at wide receiver. We had somebody different. So let's, yep. go, let's go to tight end. I bet we have the same pay-up for tight end. Hunter Henry at New England. Uh, Patriots have allowed tight end touchdowns in five of seven games. Meanwhile, over the last two weeks, Melvin Gordon is the only member of the Chargers offense that has more receptions or total yards than Henry. Why are we recording tonight? You could have done this without me. I, I have Hunter Henry down also. I kid you not. Uh, well, stay away might be a little different for both of us this week, I think. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll see. I'll go mine first. How's that? I've got two. Go that, I've got two that I'm staying away from, so it might make it easier for me to hit on one of yours. I'm staying away from both Gronkowski and Zach Ertz. They're facing the two teams that have given up the fewest points to, to tight ends all season long so far in the Chargers and the Niners, believe it or not. You hit on one of them. I'm staying away from tonight's uh, superhero, I think, Zach Ertz, who's going to have, I, I think he's going to have a very good game tonight. I'm staying away from him next week. His price tag is getting close to Gronk's. And, and as you mentioned, San Francisco is really good against tight ends. Last week, Jason Witten was the first tight end to score against them this season. Opposing tight ends are averaging only 3.7 catches and only 38 yards per game against San Francisco. So I guess that we'll call that like a half. We can't call that a total agreement <laughs> but because it's just I took two. All right. Who are you um, picking as your value play? This is where it's going to get tough because there's a lot of value out there. But I bet we have the well, same guy. Well, so at running back, I picked on. Indianapolis oh. at quarterback. I picked on Indianapolis at wide receiver. I picked on Indianapolis. My value play at tight end. I'm picking on Indianapolis. Tyler Croft, only $3,000 on DraftKings. That's like free money. Yep. His price tags a lot higher on FanDuel. He's at 5,700, but only four tight ends have more touchdowns this season than Tyler Croft. Since week four, he has more, uh, he has the same number of uh, touchdowns, as such illuminary tight ends as Zach Ertz and Rob Gronkowski. Uh, Indy has allowed a tight end touchdown in half of their games this season. They've given up a fair amount of yardage in each of those games. So, you know what? If you're going to pay down at tight end, and you really don't have to this week because there's a lot of decent like mill price guys, Tyler Kropp versus Indy is about as safe a play as you can get. Well, it's fitting that we ended on this because, yes, I had Tyler Croft circled also. So, again, the only ones we disagreed on were the quarterbacks that we were staying away from, the running back we were staying away from, and our pay-to-play wide receiver was different. That's it. Man, that is one heck of a week. So you know what they say? Zig when everybody else sags, so they probably won't pay attention to us. Well, and that's something to think about, too, is the fact that these plays seem so obvious to both of us. They're probably going to be obvious to everybody else. They're going to be very chalked to everyone else, too. So start to think about who would be the obscure alternate play to each of these plays? Now, I, I think guys like Aguilar might be might be sneaky that people won't be quite as high up on him. 
uh, particularly if he doesn't do anything more in this game. He hasn't seemed to do a lot so far in this game. But uh, in this case here, when you've got a lot of players that are very chalky in terms of who you think you're going to pay up for, the players you avoid are that much more important. So maybe take with more advice than not throwing down the 7,000 for Ertz or not throwing down 8,000 for Gronk because you don't want to be the guy who puts that one stud player into your lineup that lays a big goose egg. Very true. Very true. And then the other thing, too, is I've always had this kind of look on chalk. If it's chalk and the chalk comes through with the biggest game of the week, being contrarian did you no good. Mm-hmm. So if it is that chalk and everybody's got it, then you know what? Sometimes it's not that bad. What you, but then what you're doing is you're shrinking the percentage of players that you're going to use to separate you from everybody else. Well, <laughs> before we go on from that, I, I do have a hilarious comment to make. I was, uh, there's, a, there's a person that I think we both follow online, uh, uh, user at Dexter's Library on Twitter. Yes. Uh, he had commented on uh, Kenny Stills' touchdown and him being in someone's lineup on, on DraftKings. And uh, so I, I went and looked at one of the uh, shorter slate uh, contests on FanDuel. And on one of the short slate ones, someone actually had both Kenny Stills in at wide receiver and Matt Moore at quarterback. Really? Yes. <laughs> man, that, somebody, somebody's got – what's that thing from Back to the Future that Biff has, Buff has? Yeah, the Biff, uh, the um, Gray Sports Almanac. Gray Sports Almanac, yeah. No I mean, I, I understand playing multiple lineups and different combinations, but how they managed to secure the idea to play more that's crazy so, something was wrong with their algorithms that <laughs> that is all right so you know what we're sitting here talking about what the bye weeks are going to do let's talk about this week's huge set of bye teams that we have to look at we've got the rams the titans the jaguars or the saxon Naders, whatever the hell you want to call them green bay arizona and the giants all off this week well if you told me coming into the season that uh We'd be getting to week eight, and we'd be lamenting the L.A. Rams and the Jacksonville offenses because they're taking the bye week off. And uh, we wouldn't be lamenting the Green Bay and Giants offenses or Arizona's offense because they're taking their bye week off. I would have thought you were crazy. But uh, this is the NFL where uh, orange is black and black is green and blue is guy blue. I don't know. So listen, sometimes I like to work stuff like this through backwards, right? When I think I've got tough decisions, I start to look at it a little bit differently, try to look at it backwards one step at a time, right? Kind of goes with that, whole, that old adage of how do you eat a, an elephant one bite at a time, right? So at first, how do you eat a Reese's peanut butter cup? Um, you just freaking eat it. That's all. So you don't do like the vampire and like stick it in and suck all the peanut butter like that old commercial? No, I don't. I take two okay. bites and it's gone. And <laughs> it's funny that you say that because now you're going to turn me on to this new thing. I'm gonna, I have an announcement to make. As everybody should know, I turned 50 earlier this year. Today is a, is a first in my life. Something today is the first that's ever happened to me. Never thought it would be necessary. But today is the first day I have ever started a diet. Wow. Now, you, you just turned 50, so is, is this a completely your choice or is this a doctor recommendation or no, no, no doctor recommendation initially uh, i noticed that my dress shirts were getting a little tight 
and the neckline, and I thought my dry cleaner was shrinking my shirts. <laughs> <laughs> Great thinking, right? But then I, when I tore my calf muscle a few weeks ago, I had to go to the doctors, and they weighed me, and I came in at a um, one ninety four, and that's that's heavy for me. I'm usually you know that one eighty to one eighty five range, so uh, that made me go. Maybe it's not the dry cleaner. Maybe it's me. So I'm down to about 190, 191. I haven't started, you know, dieting or anything. But I told my wife the other day, I said, I think I'm going to try and start dieting, lose 5 to 10, maybe 15 pounds. Well, you know what? I decided to do a little dieting this year, too, uh, starting out. And uh, mine is actually uh, – my, my strategy is I'm going to lose weight by removing some of that weight, like all this weight in my hair on top of my head. There you go. I haven't had my hair that, cut it, in a while. That's like the easiest diet I've ever been on. Yeah, I, I haven't had mine cut in a while either. My wife's like, she's like, I know you want to get your hair cut. If you want to get it cut, you can go ahead and do it. I said, no, I'm going to wait till we're ready to do our final weigh, and I'll get it cut the day before that. Get, save a little half pound or whatever it is. But anyway, I digress. Let's get back to, I don't even remember how we got the dieting. But go back to this, oh, how do you eat an elephant? That's what it was. You've got the Rams and the Jacksonville Jaguars, right? You've got the Titans, Green Bay, Arizona Giants. Let me repeat that. Titans, Green Bay, Arizona, and the Giants. Do you know what the four of those teams have in common, Harley Schultz? Four highest scoring teams from last year. I don't know that answer. But no, the, <laughs> where I'm going at is they are four of 12 teams that scored fewer offensive touchdowns than Eddie Jackson, the safety for the Chicago Bears, <laughs> did this past week. <laughs> Eddie Jackson scored more touchdowns than 12 NFL offenses this week. So maybe, just maybe, the fact that the Titans, the Packers, the Cardinals, and the Giants are on a bye this week is a blessing for people because they won't be challenged to try and get their players into their starting lineups. Well, I think it's going to be a blessing for Tennessee. It gets one more week for uh, Marcus Mario to fully heal up and uh, get one step closer to getting Corey Davis out in the field as well to help that wide receiver core. Uh, Green Bay, uh, it was a dumpster fire this hold past on, week. Hold on. Brett- I'm going to stop you real quick because there's a good transition. I agree with you on that with the Mariota side. Same for Fournette. I think it's going to be good for his owners to not feel like they can, should I put him into a lineup or not, get him an extra week's rest, he'll be good to go the rest of the year. Go ahead, go back to Green Bay. Yeah, I and mean, you're looking at Green Bay. I mean, Brett Hundley was a complete dumpster fire last week, really looked horrible in that offense. Uh, I, I'm not sure who their backup is behind him, but – after watching Hunley in play, I almost think like it'd be better served for them to just to try whoever else is there or sign someone off the street if Green Bay wants any hope and prayer Kaepernick. of making it to the playoffs this year. And Arizona, I mean, talk about a team that's hard luck this year. I mean, losing David Johnson in game one, now you're losing Carson Palmer potentially for his career. Uh, Adrian Peterson had a good week, didn't he? Well, you know what? By losing Carson Palmer, in effect, you're kind of losing Adrian Peterson now too. Yep. Because what, who's going to make that defense on the opposite side of the ball pay any attention to the passing game? Actually, yeah, Drew, you lost Larry Fitzgerald. You, lo- you lost that whole offense right now, honestly, with that injury. Yeah, Drew Stanton, not the answer there. Didn't they sign Blaine Gabbert this offseason? I don't know. It wouldn't matter at this point, quite honestly. Um, I, I'd feel more comfortable with Blaine Gabbert than Drew Stanton. And you know what? You'll probably see him before the end of the next game that they play. Passing off a cat here. Uh, if, for the listeners that don't know, uh, 
we just adopted two little kittens, and uh, one of them has decided that he wants to be on the podcast this year. There you go. <laughs> Get him a headset. Exactly. Uh, he's very loud, though, so you might, you might actually pick him up in the background. Uh, uh, but he also is very fidgety, uh, as kittens are ought to be, so... Had to get had to get him out of the way here because uh, he was starting to climb on and chew on the cables, and that's never a good thing. No, that definitely is not. Okay, so what about the Rams? I mean, there are some actual players, Todd Gurley, and you know he's the biggest name that's going to be out this week. So, what do teams do to handle that? Well, I, I think that you, you drafted Todd Gurley in the first round, so he's your number one running back. So. Unless you really strategize no, poorly no, at draft, no, he you didn't draft him in the first round. This year they got him. People got him in the second. Well, either way, he was still drafted by oh, yeah. teams as a running back one. True. So unless you completely followed up your draft strategy altogether, you have two other running backs on your roster that you feel comfortable playing most weeks. Uh, again, unless they happen to be on bye this week, also, or they've been hurt, or they've just sucked. Uh, but in in most cases. He was one of three guys you drafted with the intention of playing fairly regularly. So you're going to bench him. You're going to start someone like a Tevin Coleman or a Theo Riddick or whomever you drafted as your running back three. And then what happens is if you're in a league that has a flex spot, then all of a sudden you start throwing that fourth or fifth receiver into that flex spot, particularly in PPR environments. Yes, I will tell you that. As a girly owner, you name one of the guys that I've drafted and rostered and looking forward as to somebody that you'd be able to you know, slide in there for him, and Theo Riddick's one of them. doesn't have the best matchup in the world against the Steelers' defense, but it is in Detroit, which changes things. And I, I actually kind of like him this week. Uh, I, I mean, I like Abdullah, too, because uh, you're not going to beat Pittsburgh through the air, particularly not without Golden Tate. So I, I think they're going to win this game. If Detroit has a chance of winning this game, it's going to be on the ground with Abdullah and, and on those short passes to guys like Riddick and dare I say it, Darren Fells. <clears throat> He's passed miss- Derek Ebron on the uh, wish list there. Yeah, I know he has. I know he has. I'm not going to go there. That's that's a bitter pill to swallow. Is somebody that traded for Eric Ebron earlier this year because he had nothing at tight end. He still has nothing at tight end. Um, Jacksonville, same thing. You're looking at the theoretic types and anybody else that's out there that probably is on a waiver wire that's really deep where you could say, okay, I didn't plan for this crap. Who am I going to plug in there? Who do you think that you well, should look at? One guy that I would pick up and potentially play in a revenge game sort of factor is Jamal Charles. Yep. Going up against Kansas City. I, I, CJ Anderson has been very vanilla the last couple of weeks. And it's too bad because when Denver gives CJ Anderson a lot of touches, they tend to win the game. Well, the whole- uh, last couple of weeks, he hasn't been getting a ton of touches, and they just barely won one, and they lost the other one miserably this week. So, yeah. I mean, the whole offense has been pretty blah and vanilla. So, but hey, you know, Charles did get I think what three or four targets this past week too. So that's not a bad little play. Uh, another guy to consider: the uh, Los Angeles Chargers have given up a lot of yardage to opposing running backs, and when you look at a team like New England, they've got. 9 or 14 or 74 different <laughs> running backs you could possibly pick up off the waiver wire yes. and plug them in for one week. It uh, uh, could be Deion Lewis this, could week, this week. It could be Rex. James White this week. Uh, it could be 
who was that great kid from a couple of years ago that scored three touchdowns? Oh yeah, uh, I can't remember his name now. And then fell asleep and then got cut. <laughs> and got cut the next week after scoring three touchdowns. That's how you get rewarded by Bill Belichick for your performance. Uh, uh, looking at a game like Indiana, uh, Indianapolis at Cincinnati. Cincinnati is fairly good against the run, but uh, is this the week that Vontae's perfect is going to serve as suspension? <laughs> I just I tweeted something out yesterday. He's been fined over eight hundred thousand dollars or something like that. So. It's possible. Who knows? It, seriously, that was it, it, it was pretty egregious. If he's out, Marlon Mack might be on the waiver wire. He could be a potential add for for a one week play this week. And if you look at Oakland, uh, Marshawn Lynch also not likely to play due to suspension. So guys like Jalen Richard and DeAndre Washington could both uh, get a chance to play. Again, it's not a great matchup, but again. Beggars can't be choosers in a week with half a dozen buys. Yep. And then you know what? Here's a guy that probably was on rosters, got dropped. Doesn't have a great matchup this week, so but if you need a warm body to plug in, you never know. Frank Frank Gore. Um Carlos Hyde hasn't always been the epitome of health. So Matt Breida could actually be somebody you might be able to nab and just try and put him in there and it's that wish and a prayer type thing. Well, I think a hot pickup this week will be Latavius Murray from Minnesota. I think a lot of teams picked him up orig- originally when uh, uh, when Delvin Cook got hurt, right. and then they saw over the next two weeks Jarek McKinnon get all of the touches. Now, uh, smart people, myself disincluded, uh, held on to Latavius Murray because Jarek McKinnon was fumbling the ball a lot. Uh, I unfortunately cut him. And what happens, uh, Coach Mike Zimmer decides he's tired of Jarek McKinnon fumbling the ball, decided to give Murray more of a workload, and he did pretty well this week. Well, and here's the other thing to a question real quick. You're a Vikings fan, or you're in Vikings territory, so a partial fan, or whatever it is. Who, who's your allegiance line yep. war with, Kansas City or the Vikings, or is it even? It's even. Okay. Um, and, and since, again, I've been playing fantasy football since the early 90s, so my allegiance has always been with the, uh, the players on my team. <laughs> okay, so then let me ask you this question as a person that's probably going to be a little biased. When Murray scored that touchdown... Did you ever once look at that and go, they should show the replay from the other angle? He might have been down. I actually thought he was down. <laughs> you thought he was down too? Yeah. Yeah. I, I did too. Um, but they never showed the replay of it. It was going to be close. I wanted to see it. Um, and, you know, but they didn't. And it is what it is. And yes, I'm playing against Latavius Murray this week, but that's another story. Um, but I'll tell you what, I know that right now, immediately, we started to have some audio problems. I see Harley's frozen. Um, I don't know if he can hear me. I don't know if he can say anything. But with that said, we have pretty much run the gamut of what we wanted to talk about this week. Harley, if, you have, if you're there, do you have any parting thoughts? You know, my parting thought is, this is one week of buys. Get through it. Move on. And don't forget, you're not the only one dealing with the buys. So is everybody else. And it finds a way to wash out at the end of the year. So with that, we hope that you enjoyed the show. Make sure that, as always, you're checking Harley out on Twitter, at Nuclear Harley. Check me out at Steve Gallo NFL. And, of course, get to iTunes, rate us, review us, all that fun, happy iTunes-type stuff. And until next week, get blessed for sponsoring. Cheers. Cheers.